the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. John saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples. And as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? And they said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Four months ago, I was kneeling in the Jordan River in my clothes, soaking wet, renewing my baptismal vows. So who's been there? Raise your hand. David White ten times. Yes, I answered to the fellow Christian who asked if I reaffirmed the promises my parents and godparents made for me. And I wasn't alone there. Hundreds of other people speaking dozens of languages from all over the world went down to the river that day on a bright October morning. Now, the Jordan wasn't what I imagined. I'd always seen, in my mind, a a large, shallow, muddy stream, kind of like the Shenandoah in mid-July. But this river was barely 20 feet wide, dark in color, made mysterious by by the trees and the reeds which bordered it. The time we spent there is more powerful as I have recalled it this week. 
I didn't exactly hear John the Baptist shouting, Repent, you viper! Who told you to flee from the wrath to come? And I'm really glad I didn't. But Nor did I see a dove flying down from heaven and lighting on somebody's shoulder. But I did feel a twinge of some sort. And now, in retrospect, that twinge is deeper and more definite. And I believe it's the memory of the Holy Spirit of which John spoke. And any memory of the Holy Spirit brings that spirit forward into the present. Now, if you read John's stuff, he didn't speak as if he knew what the Holy Spirit was, although he clearly was inspired by it. He just knew that something, someone, something special was coming at any moment. All we get from the Gospel narrative by John is the picture of a dove, some words heard which John and Jesus uh, seem to have heard together, and John's conviction that Jesus, who was his first cousin, was especially chosen by God. But in truth, the Spirit of God is all over this story, not just in the dove. It's in John It's in the muddy river. What we see in this story is what we see over and over again as God's Spirit washes through our lives and through this church and through this city and through our time. The Holy Spirit is birthed in repentance. Every inspiration is multiplied and things actually happen. Let's begin by saying something obvious. What we're calling the Holy Spirit is actually a spirit. It's as if I came into a room and said, something doesn't feel right here. Or as if you said, there's something good and peaceful here. There's a deepening of the atmosphere. There's a kind of pregnancy. The Spirit brings many different things, far too numerous to discuss here. But what we are saying is that the Spirit that acts like Jesus is the Holy Spirit of God. He or she is here this morning, we pray. No matter what I say, or what you hear, or what we sing, or what we read in this service this morning, no matter how your mind may wander, do not raise your hand if your mind is wandering. <laughs> Actually, I should say, raise your hand if your mi- if mind is not wandering. My God, only three people, thank you. <laughs> no matter how your mind may wander, you may find in that spirit... For yourself, your own word this morning of grace and truth. And it'll be grace and it'll be truth. There is so much more to say about this incredible spirit that we call special and divine or holy. It's a forever question, a moment question, a continuing revelation. The Holy Spirit now 
is birthed in repentance, every inspiration is multiplied and things actually happen. It's birthed in repentance. Now we're all familiar with John the Baptist's appeal for repentance. Repent. John, like Jesus, had two audiences. He had religious people on the one hand and ordinary people in need on the other. And both came to John to find some relief. In the spirit, many found true repentance with him at the Jordan River. Now, forgiveness is not an issue for God. God is not in the damnation business. God forgives us before we repent. It's not our repentance that brings God's forgiveness. It's God's forgiveness that inaugurates our repentance. And repentance is not about being sorry. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> repentance is about seeing something differently. Repentance is about enlightenment. The Greek word we translate repentance actually means changed vision. A new mind. A changed attitude. Repentance is the ever-recurring seed of life in life. It is what helps us to deepen and grow. Deep wounds create deep reflection, deep learnings in the context of God's love and forgiveness. Repentance is what makes us able to face a new day with a renewed attitude and a deeper vision. The Holy Spirit of God births repentance in us. She aids our spirit. She softens our stubbornness. She revives our hearts. She makes us hopeful to seek the truth, even though the truth initially seemed ugly. So John himself was working out of that Holy Spirit that day at the Jordan. But what he didn't fully realize was that this wasn't just about being sorry and being forgiven for your sins. It was about opening the power of God for deeper healing in the world. And over and over again, day after day, right here in River City, the Holy Spirit is birthed in repentance. Every inspiration is multiplied. And things actually happen. Every inspiration is multiplied. One of the incredible facts about God's Holy Spirit is the way every inspiration is multiplied. It's never just about you. If your eyes clear, if you begin to make sense again, if you're living in anticipation, if you're inspired to do or say something, God doesn't waste it. The Holy Spirit is the most infectious thing in the world. One of the ways you can tell it's the Holy Spirit is that it's infectious. We say, for example, that prayer is caught, not taught. 
In the two worst years of my life, when things were crashing around me and inside me, I came to church here at St. Paul's, and I'd sit way back there where Carter is. Raise your hand, Carter. Okay. <laughs> I'd sit way back there, and as you probably remember, there was their light was not real good here. And, and I'd sit back there where the sound and the lighting board now is, and I, I wouldn't even engage in the calisthenics that Episcopalians do. You know, standing, sitting, kneeling, standing. I just sat. I didn't join verbally in the prayers and the psalms and the creed. I, I hardly ever sang. I just, I was in a lot of despair. And I hardly knew what I thought or I believed. But I now know that the spirit of prayer in the room was holding me, encouraging my own spirit, buoying it up without words, without knowledge. I was being held. I know it. Softened comforted, soothed, encouraged, and finding the reassuring truth. Prayer is caught, not taught. The spirit of prayer is actually God in us praying to God. It's infectious, and as it happens in one, it affects others. We don't own it. We don't create it. Paul, in his letter to the Romans, the famous 8th chapter, says that the Holy Spirit is praying in us when we don't even know it, with what he calls groans that cannot be uttered. When you're in a meeting that's ugly and confusing, the Spirit may encourage someone to tell the simple truth, and sometimes you can feel the clarity of its power. When you're grumpy and negative toward everybody, anybody ever get that way? I always pray they won't get that way during my sermon. That's the thing. When you're grumpy and negative toward everybody and everything you may find yourself, um, and, and when you're negative toward everybody and everything, you may find yourself arrested by simple kindness and affection. The Holy Spirit's authentic, it's alive, it's unpredictable, it's electric, it's by nature infectious, it's birthed in repentance. Every inspiration is multiplied, and things actually happen. When the Spirit of God is present, things actually happen. Genuine things. The truth, inspiration, love, healing, compassion. Don't just change the way people feel, they change the way people act. If it's true, it changes the way you act. Brian Stevenson will be at the Richmond Public Forum in February, I think, right? And his movie, Just Mercy, is at the theaters now. He's the founder of the Equal Justice Initiative. And in October, a delegation from St. Paul's visited Brian's two museums in Montgomery. One's a memorial for the nearly 4,000 persons who were lynched in the South in the century following the Civil War. The other is the best, most unabridged museum to the American history and practice of racial discrimination I have ever seen. We need that museum here in Richmond, and we're trying to get one. It tells the awful, liberating truth. Uh, for Brian, it, it shows the continuity into the legacy of unjust imprisonments and sentences and executions. 
The Spirit of God has worked in Bryan, and it's all around those museums in Montgomery. It infects everyone who goes there. And I'm not exaggerating, am I? It's true. I'm really talking about God, the Holy Spirit. You know, the, the third person of the Trinity, all of that. I'm just talking about the Holy Spirit of God here. The one who I hope and trust is working with each of us this morning in his own way. Things happen when the Spirit is lively. Now, tomorrow is Dr. King's holiday here in Virginia, as you know, and right across the street from St. Paul's, um, they're trying to avoid trouble. Eighty buses of people from all over the state and some God knows how many crazies from out of town. What will be the work of God's Spirit in this context? This Holy Spirit birthed in repentance whose every inspiration is multiplied. I was interested in the statements by some of the Virginians who are part of the pro-gun lobby. Todd Gilbert, who's absolutely got the most thorough credentials he needs as being the pro-gun House Minority Leader, and is trying to prevent many gun control laws from being passed, met with Governor Northam on Friday. And after that meeting, Gilbert told the press, and I quote, any group that comes to Richmond to spread white supremacist garbage or any other form of hate, violence, or civil unrest is not welcome here. While we and our Democratic colleagues may have differences, we are all Virginians and we will stand united in opposition to any threats of violence or civil unrest from any quarter. So I wonder if the Holy Spirit was present there in that meeting of Todd Gilbert and Ralph Northam. Might. You can judge for yourself. And I do believe that we will see God's Spirit active here at Ninth and Grace in the next 36 hours in many different ways. Maybe we'll get wind of it, watch for it, be a part of it. Let the Spirit arise in you and pray and obey, because the Spirit will be multiplied. This is a long story. The Holy Spirit is birthed in our repentance. Everything matters. Every inspiration is multiplied. Things actually happen. So I'd like to close the sermon with a little time of prayer for the Holy Spirit of God to be with the people of this city, with our, especially with our legislators. Betsy here? Well, pray for Betsy especially. With our governor, with our policemen and women, and with all who visit Richmond tomorrow. Now, our rector tried really hard to open up this church for prayer tomorrow, but um, day after, through the day we just got more and more information that the street would be closed and people wouldn't even be able to walk into the church. So we, we ended up not being able to do it. And I think Charlie will tell you some more about it a little later.
Um, so let's just pray now and let's listen for what the Spirit may be asking of us regarding the division, the injustice, the violence and threats of violence, the racial and political chasms that have opened up before us. Any genuine repentance will create new insight. Any true inspiration will be multiplied by the Spirit. And tomorrow, as we know to be true, there will not only be threats of evil, but however it moves, the Holy Spirit of God will point new direction. So I'm just going to ask you to be quiet now and pray with me. Lord, Lord, we're praying for this city and we're praying for this actual physical locality around here. And we're asking you to, to bless our people, to bless your people here in metropolitan Richmond, to bless the folks who are in the Capitol and the legislative offices, to bless the people who who feel like they're called to be here, to arrest evil, to strengthen truth, to build hope and relationship, to remind us of the great possibilities that you have for all of the people whom you love. 